Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Andrew Kane. Andrew bowled collegiately at Arizona State University. Andrew also was a former USBC president. He served two terms there. Andrew, Tim Berg, and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me on. Well, Andrew, you bowled collegiately at Arizona State University. They have a club program and are one of the very most successful club programs, you could say, in the nation with uh, Coach Jordan Nasberg there and, and yourself helping out. So talk about what was your most memorable moment bowling collegiately. Oh boy, there were you know there were a lot of memorable moments at ASU. Um, a, a group of guys. We we had a great program uh, at the time. Mike Landreth was our coach, uh, but I I would have to say that our, our most memorable moment uh, was probably also one of the the least memorable moments because it, it really tested our resolve. You know, we we got uh, I think it was my second year. We bowled collegiately and made nationals in. Uh, I believe it was Grand Rapids, and San Jose was one of our major rivals on the West Coast, and we lost uh, to them in the best-of-seven match, and we felt like that was a year where uh, our players had developed. It was, uh, you know, we were talented, we were skilled, we'd learned, we felt like it was our time, and we lost a heartbreaker to them, and it was probably one of the most memorable moments because... You know, sometimes those those bad times really test your resolve and, and test what your team's made of. And you know, we were all upset at the time, but I think it really brought us together. And we ended up coming back the next year and had a fifth place finish uh, at Collegiate Nationals. But it was the best moment because it was a turning point for our program for the guys that I bowled with at the time I was there. And I think a lot of us became a lot closer friends because of it. Uh, we really got focused. So we turned a negative into a positive, but it was a it was a defining moment. And to, you know, to this day, I think San Jose is still one of the biggest rivals for us. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great story. How did you, how did you come upon ASU? Were you, were you considering other colleges as well along the way, or did it just, just made the most sense to you to go there? Uh, well, I, I, I did consider Wichita. I think most, most players, high level players probably do <laughs> when they're, when they're mm-hmm. in high school, they, they think about going to Wichita. But other than that, I, I was born and raised in Phoenix. And my dad went to ASU, and there was a small part of me that always wanted to be a Sun Devil. And so it, it made it a lot easier to, to be able to stay closer to home. Uh, I did make a deal with my mom that if I stayed local and went to ASU and didn't move away for college, that I had to live on campus or you know somewhere else in Tempe. The, the, the deal was I wasn't living at home. I needed to <laughs> have my freedom. And so uh, that's how I ended up choosing ASU. And, you know, I, we, we both... Uh, travel leagues, junior travel leagues uh, around Phoenix, and we always had a, a match with the ASU guys. Uh, Brett Wolf went to ASU, Joe Chicoli went to ASU, so I, I, I grew up bowling with, with some of those guys before uh, in, you know, my time in high school, and so it was very easy to make the transition to, to, to want to go bowl collegiately at ASU. And we have a lot of high school bowlers listening to this right now. What advice do you have for them when it comes to choosing that correct college for them? Uh, I think that the very it's going to sound cliche and everybody will probably tell them the same thing, but absolutely make sure that you have your academic priorities uh, in order first. That's, that's the most important thing. Certainly you, you want to go to a, a top school so you can compete collegiately, but 
nobody ever really knows where their bowling career is going to take them. Nobody ever knows how successful they'll be. You'll never know if you're going to be injured. And the most important thing you can do is make sure that whatever school it is you choose, that they have the academic programs that you're wanting, you're going to want to have in your background for the rest of your life. And so I think that the most important thing they can do is, is pick wisely based on, uh, you know, the location and the academic programs and how much success they can have in their personal lives uh, while attending the college because the, the bowling will the bowling will follow. They'll have a great time. If they're, if they're a bowler and they want to succeed and they want to be collegiate and eventually pro, they will do all of that no matter where they go to school. But they have to have the, the academic programs that you want first. And I know most, most high school bowlers are probably out there listening to me like, you know, I, I'm a father now, so I probably sound like dad telling me you got to go to school, but it, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and do, do you think, is it better to, like you said, you mentioned Wichita State and not seeing where you would have shaped up with the whole team and such, but is it better to be a number one or two, like the lead, quote unquote, on a team that maybe isn't quite as well known as Wichita or to be a number six or seven, you know, and the depth chart, so to speak, on Wichita and maybe not even competing in every event would you rather you know what i mean would you rather be the big you know the, the big dog on campus or would you rather just be one of the one oh, of the guys well, i think the, that i think that certainly plays into it and i can tell you you know i mentioned that, that i considered wichita uh, part of it was you know they they had a, uh, they have a fantastic aeronautical program so i thought about doing that and that to me that was almost the best of both worlds but um i don't i certainly don't know if, if i would have been in that position at wichita uh, to be one of the top players, I knew going to ASU that I that I would, but I I think that that was just a, a I really don't think it was that important of a decision at the at the time because I think whether you're the top player or whether you're the sixth or seventh player, you still are going to need that time to develop if you want to become a top collegiate player and then move on to become a, a top player elsewhere, whether it's the PBA or the PWBA, um, or if you want to remain amateur and bowl some of the top tournaments in the world. So. I think whether whether you're one, two, six, or seven, you've got an equal opportunity to develop and become great. So. There's a you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of players who had great collegiate careers and then went on to the PBA tour. And I know some have had some different kind of comments in terms of how it either uh, you know you're talking about bowling team event versus when you come on the PBA tour you're bowling singles. Did did you find that your college experience helped you or did it not really help you when you're bowling national events afterwards? No, it, it definitely did, and I can tell you I wouldn't have made Team USA without that collegiate experience. That first year, uh, I was asked to, to anchor the team on a few occasions my freshman year, uh, which that was met at the time with, with some resistance from some of the older guys on the team, but the more tenured guys, it felt like I had to, to earn the dues. You know, I had to pay my dues. I had to earn the right for that, to, to be able to do that. Um, you know, of course, I'm young, and I felt like, you know, of course, I've earned the right to do this. I've I've had a pretty pretty good youth career, and I felt like I was in the, the right position that, that I could anchor the team. But being put in that position with the the team team events on the line, uh, being forced to throw shots in the tenth when it mattered, uh, clutch shots in Baker, and being able to work together with other guys, all of those skills translated uh, to to something that I could use on tour. And and if anything, it's just that one clutch shot in the tenth in a Baker match. Uh, that that's the same thing that you encounter on tour that makes all the difference. If you know how to throw a shot in that moment, um, then you're going to have success. And, and that's something you, you could absolutely learn at the collegiate level. And, and, and speaking of Team USA, you know, and you, you're talking about that, and you're also talking about throwing the clutch shots there, 
Um, congratulations on being on Team USA again. And now, what's it like? This much time, you know, ha- has passed uh, between you and you qualified originally and being on it, being on it again. Were you able well, to use some of that to give you that experience to, to to make the team again this year? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, a lot of hard work that went into that, and I really didn't have any expectations when I went up there that week. I, I know I've been bowling pretty well, uh, and I went into it with a pretty open mind. But, yeah, some of that prior experience, uh, I, I think uh, some of the memories I had on Team USA were, were driving me a little bit as I, as I stayed close throughout the week, knowing that I wanted to be a part of that very badly again. I uh, hadn't tried out for the team since 2009, hadn't been on the team since 2005. Uh, but... The process is so vastly different than, than the last time I, I I was on the team. You know, we used to bowl 40, 50 games. Uh, we had round-robin match play. So bowling in this format where we bowl six games a day on five patterns, it's, it's incredibly grueling. And mentally, it's it's far more difficult than uh, than anything I bowled on 10 years ago. Uh, so you, you really had to focus day-to-day. And, and what, what amazed me the most was uh, how good some of these kids are. You know, I, I'm I'm the old guy now. <laughs> At 34, I'm the old guy. I was you know, 10 years older than any of the four that qualified that week during team trials, uh, and it just amazed me how much talent they had. And I felt, you know, uh, I had to rely more on my experience uh, to get me through that week. You know, they're they're relying on the experience they have. Certainly, they're all incredibly talented players. You know, Marshall Kent, Cameron Doyle, and Chris Fye. Uh But it's I felt like. You know, my experience versus their their raw young talent. Um, that's how I was able to get in there and make a team. Was just I really had to focus on using my experience. You know, not get out of my zone and, and use what I've learned over the years. And, and certainly, a lot of that I learned as part of Team USA and, and the development programs. So, what tip would you have for someone who's maybe graduating school? This is their final semester. They're going to be graduating from their bowling program. Because when you're in college bowling, you guys, it's very disciplined. You know when you're going to be practicing. You, you have to be there, et cetera, et cetera. When you get out into the, uh, into the real world, so to speak, you don't have that. Whether you take a career where you say, I'm, I want to, like you chose to do, and I want to be a professional bowler, and I'm going to bowl as many events as I can, both PBA, regionals, and tour events, versus someone who's taken a job at, uh, you know, wherever, uh, in their first job out of college, how, how were you able to manage that and just keep that discipline there because of all the practice time you had put in on the lanes in college versus now when you kind of have, you know, you have to force yourself to practice or you have to do it on your own. You don't have a coach to kind of hold you accountable anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that, that's definitely one of the challenges. The, the year that I went out on tour in, in 08, 09, uh, I'll just use this as an example. Um, you know, I, I bowled. The, uh, I was driven to bowl through the regionals and was was pushing as hard as I could because I knew there was an exemption on the line. So I was I was balancing work and traveling on the weekend and trying to squeeze practice in there. But uh, you know I saw making the tour as the end goal, and and at the time that sounded like a great idea. But that was the mistake. The, the tour wasn't the goal. It was to get out on tour and then try to be successful out on tour. And I had to relearn how to how to, dis- how to be disciplined and, and how to survive out there, uh, like I said, without all of that accountability. And it, it's very difficult. You know, it, it's hard to continue that, probably probably no different than, than any other pro athlete um, in, in any other sport or any other collegiate athlete where you have such a high degree of accountability and you have such a strict regimen and somehow you have to try to, you have to do whatever you can to carry those principles over 
um, to bowling on tour because you are by yourself out here. Maybe you've got your roommate with you every week, but you, you have to find a way to keep yourself accountable, to keep yourself in shape. You know, anymore on, out here, it's, um, you know, many, many years ago, guys tell you nobody worked out. And people didn't people didn't take care of their bodies, and you know, they knew they could bowl for 50 years no matter what. But these days, you could probably still get away with that, even given the, the competition schedules, but there's no way you're going to be successful because the, the, the talent level is so high and the players coming out are, are so disciplined and they're, they're in shape and they're mentally prepared, and, and you have to be able to do all of that on your own and focus. And I think a big part of that is you know, using resources that are available to you. you know, we, we, we work out in a, a boot camp at home and we, we do some trail running, but uh, I, I use my wife as much as I can to help keep me accountable for what I'm doing, uh, and, and I try to just make sure that I'm following a plan. Tour is a lot of fun, but... If you don't stay disciplined, it becomes a lot less fun when you're not winning and when you're not bowling well and making checks and making cuts. So if you have to use anything as a driving force to, to stay disciplined, it's that tour is a lot more fun when you're bowling well. <laughs> and to do now that, you, bet, you have you, to have that regimen. And you have been bowling well, Andrew. Um, tell us a little bit between the fall classic there. Um, the team tournament when you had the you know the ASU guys and and Reno and Team USA et cetera nine hundred global equipment maybe some support that you've been receiving from from them and and what the equipment's done for your game and yeah nine hundred global has been you know they've been a wonderful sponsor both both the ASU uh, and to me personally uh, you know Bill Supper and, and TJ Resty uh, who's no longer with us with the company but he's uh, he was a huge huge factor. Uh, in helping me helping me uh, get set up with 900 Global, uh, Jordan Asper also helped me a lot with that. And now out on tour here, we have Corey Hoffman as, as our tour rep. Uh, yeah, the equipment the equipment's fantastic. You know, it, I, I really it, it matches up to to what I like to see. Um, I get a lot of great advice and great support from these guys. You know, we also have uh, you know, Chris Barnes has been a really good resource to work with since he's been on staff, uh, and also uh, Mark Baker, who's who's out here with us the Masters this week. But uh, certainly couldn't do it without without their help. You know, it, it definitely feels good to to have a, a solid company like that in your corner, and, and they have done every bit of that. Uh, but but as far as what happened between the, the Fall Classic and the World Series, you know, I, I had a rough U.S. Open, but it was one of the few times, uh, you know, in my career where I, I felt re-energized to get back out here. And I went home from the U.S. Open a little dejected because I didn't bowl well, but I was just really excited to get to work on some of the things that I learned. And I haven't felt that in a long time, so I was really, it really made me a lot more positive and a lot happier. And, you know, then I went out and got ready for the World Series. I flew over uh, both uh, the tournament in Doha uh, kind of as a, as a primer. Had a, yeah, the left side was a little bit rough over there that week, but I had a great experience and, and bowled extremely well. Uh, for for what was out there, and came home and had a great World Series. So, just trying to ride the train right now, and and again, mm-hmm. like I said, try to try to work the plan and and stay accountable, stay regimented. Um, I'm fighting through a couple of small injuries, but it, it hasn't really deterred me from staying focused on what I need to do to to be successful out here. Final question I have for you, Andrew. Jesper Swenson just won the PBA uh, Tournament of Champions. Won an event at the Fall Cl- uh, the you have the World Series of Bowling. You won an event, won an event uh, last week. Talk about just the two-handed, just that style, the unique style that kind of really has just bloomed. You know, it started with Jason Belmonte and Oscu, and now it's just everywhere you look, there you see a two-hander. 
Yeah, it's it's a you know what Jesper does when you see it on the left side of the lane in that fashion, it it it, it adds a whole new dimension to it because I can identify when I watch somebody like Jason or, or Oscu throw the ball on the right side of the lane, but I know that I don't have to contend with it the way those guys do. When I see Esper throw the ball down the lane, I just, I'm jealous <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody at some point would love to be able to throw the ball like that, do what he does. But what I could say is, um, you know, he's certainly young, he's certainly successful, and, and I think he's plenty talented to continue doing all of that. But just like any other player out here, he will have his ups and downs. He's going to have to learn, and he'll he'll continue to have to refine that style if he wants to to have long term career success. And I, I think a guy like him is certainly capable of it. I mean, he's a he's a really nice guy. Um, certainly has quite a bit of focus and determination. But I think somebody like that, two handed, one handed, it really doesn't matter. You still have to get out here and learn. You have to learn how to grind. It's you know, and every week won't be enough. You know, there, there are going to be plenty of down weeks. And I think, what was the quote, you know, Norm Duke a long time ago said he, you know, he's one of the most successful players of all time, but he only, he's only won 20% of the tournaments he's ever entered in his life, which, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of learning. That's 80% of the time that he had to learn something. And so I think this, this style is, is probably here to stay. Uh, it, it's a whole, a whole different type of bowling or an evolution from, from what happened um, the days of Mark Roth and the power player, uh, the advent of the power player back a number of years ago. But, uh, you know, these guys are, are shot makers. You know, Jesper's a shot maker, just like Jason Belmonte is a shot maker. Uh, you know, they're good spare shooters. They just, they have an extremely powerful strike ball, and they have strengths and weaknesses just like everybody else. Well, thanks so much, Andrew, for your time. It's been a great, uh, uh, great uh, getting to know a little bit more about your background, a little bit more about ASU bowling, and I uh, want to wish you the best uh, um, for the rest of this week and next week, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on again maybe uh, later this year. We'll get you back on and, and just kind of see what else yeah. is going on with you. So. Sounds great. I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>